When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With a few of their big key players a year away from free agency, including Austin Matthews and William Nylander, as well as a new general manager coming into Toronto, it's up to Brad Tree Living to find a way to get this team over the hump and help them achieve their dreams of a Stanley Cup. All right, here we go. The third edition of the Edgework offseason plans here, building out teams on cap friendly, trying to not necessarily predict, but uh, figure out what a fun way or an interesting way for a team to go about their 2023-2024 offseason might be. And today we've got the Toronto Maple Leafs. So joining me here today, Jason Cooper, another Leafs content creator. So this should get interesting as we're going to have some very strong opinions about how we should be building out this Leafs team. But we'll be using the cap-friendly interactive GM to do so. And if you want to do so, one of these yourself, you can go and click the link in the description after the fact. And as well, this is a sports betting network. So today's video is brought to you by the Pinnacle Sportsbook. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. You can find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus and in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. If you want to sign up at the Pinnacle Sportsbook, you can scan the QR code in the bottom corner of the screen there, or you can click the link in the description of this video right now. But Jason, as we get into this video here today, let's start with what happened last season. And um, I mean, when we talked about the Habs, we talked about the Jets in those previous videos that people can go check out here on this channel as well. We talked about how they didn't quite live up to their goals, but it kind of set them up for, hey, here's what we have to do going forward. What do you see out of this Leafs team from this past season? And does it give you any clarity on what should happen this summer? No, of course not. I mean, if, we're, <laughs> if we're, we're Leafs fans, if we expect clarity, we're in the we're in the wrong business here, right? So, um, I mean, it's it. I've said this the last five years. It feels like purgatory. The entire season goes on. We have a, a ton of success. Guys break records. Our team looks really good. Like this past year, we have a guy nominated for a Selkie. We break points records. Yada yada yada. Comes playoff time. I guess we broke out of the slump a little bit and uh, moved past the first round. But that's not our goal. Our goal is to win the entire thing. So, uh. Yeah. Yeah, how I feel right now is, I mean, it, it was a s slightly a success, but the goal is to win the playoffs. And if we're not winning that, like, not a success for me. So it puts us in a sticky situation here. Um, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how we kind of navigate through the course. Yeah, I mean, look, I consider it a failure. That's straight up what it was, in my opinion. The ultimate goal at yeah. the end of every season is to win the Stanley Cup. And if you're not the team lifting the Stanley Cup, then you failed. There's there's few ways to go about this. You're either trying to win the Stanley Cup or you are trying to get the number one overall pick. There are two teams who succeed at the end of the year. And if you did not accomplish either of those, then I'll consider that a failure. So Chicago, they succeeded. They got their ultimate goal. <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights, they did theirs as well. But 
Let's build this team here today. So we're going to start like we did with every other one. We will start by bringing back our RFA. So taking a quick look at where the team is at currently right now, you got 15 guys on the roster going into next season, $14.768 million of cap space. We've got a bunch of room up on the forward spots, but our defense is pretty much locked in. Goaltenders as of right now is pretty filled in, but let's go and sign our RFAs. So first things first, who is the most important RFAs that we're going to bring back? Because when we're looking at building this out uh, here, just for the sake of doing this exercise, we're just going to bring back guys who are, we're looking at playing on the team next year or being involved in that upper roster. So who are you targeting for the Toronto Maple Leafs next season to come back as a restricted free agent? Well, the biggest restricted free agent we have is, without a doubt, Ilya Samsonov. You know, he had a fantastic year last year. Stumbled a bit in the playoffs, played through injury. But I think a lot of that was due to the fact that we kind of put too much pressure on him throughout the regular season, foreshadowing that a little bit there. Um, but yeah, biggest guy to get is Ilya Samsonov. And I think what we're going to do here is he's 26 years old, right? Uh, and I saw no, I see numbers floating around for him upwards in four by five, like similar to, I guess, an Allmark deal is what is being floated around, uh, which could be the case. For me, I, I would look to sign him at $4 million max because just my philosophy is that goaltenders, they're very hot and cold. I don't like to be too attached for goaltenders for too long. As a Leafs fan, we probably know that. We saw Matt yeah. Murray, who, I mean, Matt Murray is not a great example, but Peter Mrazek is a great example of this where we signed him for three years. And in that first year, he was atrocious. So I don't like to attach ourselves to goalies for too long. So I would give him a two-year deal at around $4 million and hope he takes under his projected uh, AAV because we're going to walk him directly to free agency. So those two years, at the end of those two years, he will be a UFA. The cap will have gone up significantly, and he can look to get cashed, look to cash in then and get a big payday. And in the meantime, in those two years, he's going to be our 1A, uh, and he's going to prove to the NHL that he is a good 1A, and he's going to be worth a big deal down the line. Remember, he's only 26 years old. He'll, be ex mm -hmm. he'll expire as a 28-year-old. He'll make it. If he plays really well for us, if things go right for us, I, things don't even have to go right for us. As long as he continues to play well in the season and continues form from last year, he will get paid in uh, unrestricted free agency for sure. So it's almost like a, a prove it, not, not necessarily a prove it deal, but like a little you scratch our back, we scratch your deal. Yeah. Deal. All right. Fair enough. I like that. We'll lock him in. So there you go. You got three goalies right now. So a little foreshadowing as to what might have to happen here later in the video. But uh, other RFAs who are still out on this list that you would want to be a part of the big club next year. I'm looking at Pontus Holmberg. Yeah, that's the biggest one for me. I think all other guys are pretty much borderline AHL guys. I mean, none of them have more than like 11 games played last year for the team. Mete suffered an unfortunate injury. But for Pontus Holmberg, 24 years old. What we're going to try and do here is lock him up for two years. We're going to try and get him at 900K and in hopes that uh, if he proves to us that he plays well, he'll have an arbitration hearing and he'll be able to get paid then. Uh, yeah. So yeah, let's lock him in for 900K and two years. Some people might think that might be low, but I worry about his defensive play. He didn't show a good enough defensive structure in his game when he played for the Leafs in that fourth slash third line role last year. So again, we're looking for him to develop a little bit more before he gets that, that big paycheck. Okay, so those are some of the most important RFAs looking at the list here. Is there anyone else that you could imagine being with the big club next season that you'd want to bring back or you'd be worried about signing right now? There's no one I'm really worried about signing right now. I think all, all these guys top out as AHL guys. Maybe some of them could squeak in a couple games to the NHL. I was never really a fan of Nick Abruzzese. His skating is not really yeah. there. SDA is too, short, too small 
unfortunately. He also signed back in the KHL, took his I race back so, yeah. to the KHL there. So. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's probably not coming back then. Hallwell, another guy who's, again, he's 24, and you haven't cracked the big club at NHL at 24, and you're incredibly undersized. You're probably not going to yeah. make it. Crawl, maybe. Maybe other than that, like Mete, I, I assume he's probably going to walk somewhere and get like, a, I could see him. Yeah. I, I could see Mete being an NHL defenseman, but we already have six guys locked up. He's not an NHL defenseman for us. He could be a, a five, six for a team that is looking to at the bottom end of the, uh, of the standings and maybe approve a deal for him. I, I still think he has good game in him. I think he's an NHL caliber caliber player, but I just don't think he fits with us right now. Okay, so there you go. There are our restricted free agents brought back. So you sign Ilya Samsonov here. You get him at four year, uh, four million dollars for two years. Bring back Pontus Holmberg, nine hundred thousand, two years. There, it's similar to the Michael Bunting deal that he had kind of got, uh, as you'd reference. So looking at that, done with our restricted free agents. Now we're gonna have to move on to trades here. Who are we going to be trading away? There's a lot of speculation around this team in regards to do you bring back the core four? How do you manage that? What do you do with the salary caps, especially because the cap isn't going to be going up that much? Uh, and the one thing that I just continue to look at, as much as I might like to move on from the big guys, uh, one of the four, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, I also am starting to feel more and more like that's not likely to happen. People continue to put it on Dubis and say, hey, those were his guys. It starts to feel now like those might have been Shanahan's guys, considering Dubis gets fired, and then he's the one who reaches out and says, hey, these guys are coming back. So we're going to work with this, work through this roster. How do you kind of go about trades this offseason, whether that be at the draft, leading up to the draft? Like, where is it that you start, and where is it, especially considering what we have with this roster and the cap space available right now? What is the first thing that you do? Well, number one thing is we have an albatross right now in Matt Murray, right? A lot of people are saying we can just stick him on LTIR. I don't think we'll be allowed to do that simply because he was put, he was on the bench for the last couple yeah. of games for us when Samsonov was hurt. I don't know how you can justify saying, oh, this guy's hurt. He can't play next year when he was going to be our backup going to playoffs if Joseph Wall got hurt. So I don't think that's a Correct. possibility here. Uh, and I think it's way too big of a risk to go with into the season with that contract and then say, hey, if things don't work out, stick him on LTIR. We've, see, we've seen him time and time again get hurt in games, in warmups, too much of an albatross for us. So that's the guy I start with, Matt Murray. The most bananas thing for me with Matt Murray uh, was that Ilya Samsonov had to go in relief four times on a back-to-back -back game. So he played the first night of a back-to-back -back and then had to right. go in relief on the second night four times this season. It might have been more. Uh, and that, in my opinion, led to Samsonov's injuries uh, throughout the season. So yeah, we, we need to get rid of Matt Murray. We need to shed him. We could buy him out, but I'm suggesting we try and trade him. And what I think we'll do is something similar we did with Peter Mrazek last year. Peter Mrazek was signed to a little bit less. I believe he was $1 million less, but he had an extra year. So he was two years at 3.8, 3.6, somewhere in that range. So we're going to try and replicate that deal. We moved back, I believe, 15 spots for that trade. Uh, and that uh, draft value equivalency is was around a high second round pick. So what we're going to be looking for is a draft value equivalency to that. And we're going to go to San Jose. We're going to move back seven spots. We're going to take our first round pick. From Boston, 28th overall, we're going to move back second seven spots to, I believe, the fourth overall pick in the second round. Um, and that will, I believe that will probably provide fair value to get rid of Matt Murray. That's probably like a low-end second uh, if we're using draft value charts. All right, there you go. Matt Murray on his way out the door. Just uh, another debacle of goalie situations here in Toronto because why wouldn't we have to do that and trade away again at the draft and move ourselves back?
but wait, we got a third and seventh for him. So how could it be a bad deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next trade up on the list here. Matt Murray out. We're back to about $14.5 million in cap space. What is the next thing that you're looking to do here this offseason in regards to trades? So this might shock some people, but um, I'm actually going to look to move a defenseman, even though we have six locked up right now, and it's probably not the guy you're thinking of. So before I get started here on which defenseman I'm going to move, I'm going to talk a bit about Brad Living and his kind of mold he has for defenseman. So he likes to get a big defensive core. We've seen him trade for Nikita Zadorov. We've seen him, seen him trade for Dougie Hamilton. We've seen him trade for Noah Hannafin. He likes his good, big defenseman. So what we're going to do here is we're going to get ahead of the eight ball, okay? A guy I see us moving is TJ Brody. Now that's going to shock people because he is one of the best defensive defensemen in the game right now, but he's 33 years old. He has one year left. And I think looking at our draft pick situation now might be the best time to capitalize on moving him out, getting some good assets for him on the way back and look to address his, the hole he fills in free agency. Now we don't know if he would ever resign in Toronto. So this, if he doesn't resign in Toronto, I think this is a good move for the lease. So what we're going to do is look to a team that, could use help on the back end, a team that looks to compete and look, and also has draft capital. And that team is the Seattle uh, Kraken. And we're going to look to make this move in the, within the coming days because there's a little caveat involved in this trade that I, I added in. Might not be necessary, but I think it might be fun for this exercise. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Mark Giordano trade in which we the Leafs received Mark Giordano. So I think Mark Giordano wasn't yeah. as good of a player as TJ Brody. TJ Brody was logging more minutes than Mark Giordano was. Mark Giordano was also slightly older. And it yeah. came with the Leafs kind of new Mark Giordano or, or thought that Giordano would re-sign with them. But I think TJ Brody right now is better than Mark Giordano was when we traded for him. So with that caveat, I'm going to say let's mimic that deal. So let's get two seconds and a third for TJ Brody. By doing that, Instead of getting just one pick, we're getting three picks and we're getting three darts at potential prospects in the future. And I like that um, more. And also, again, I like to reference draft value charts. Two seconds and a third, depending on where that pick is, it might not be equal to a first round pick. So we might actually be getting less value than if we traded for a first round pick. But again, in fairness to this team, I think TJ Brody might get a first. But let's just for this exercise, let's get two seconds and a third. So let's get our second round pick back. Let's get our third round pick back in 2024. And then Seattle wants to compete in the next couple of years. They'll have, they think they'll be good. So let's get their 2025 pick because they feel like that'll be a late second round pick. So we're going to have the 2023rd second, 2024 third, and 2025th second. And on top of that, we're doing this before free agency and we are going to get the inside track to sign a big defenseman. And that big defenseman is Carson Soucy. All right. I do like this. Uh, we built this out together ahead of time. So uh, very much on the same page as you. I think what, what this also does is it, it helps you get a little bit younger. It helps you get bigger. It gets you ahead of the eight ball on the TJ Brody train here because, as you mentioned, he is a UFA one year from now. So time and time again here in Toronto, we've seen guys walk away and be in a position where we just lose them for nothing. And yes, that is kind of the nature of what happens if you are a team that's competing, you are a competitive team year after year after year, because you're not going to be moving guys at the deadline, uh, like other teams are to shell out and get picks or to sell it, send it off to contenders because you yourself are a contender. That being said, like you mentioned, you can kind of get ahead of the jump on this one. Save some cap space here. You move on from the guy. You're going to give yourself an opportunity to sign Susie and get maybe another couple years out of him versus TJ Brody, who at the end of this, especially depending on what his contract might be, you might be in a position where you're looking at, hey, we're going to have to let this guy walk so then you get nothing back. 
here you go. Get some draft capital, send them off to a team who is looking for defensemen. So submit that one. Beautiful. Lock that in uh, there for us. And now we are currently sitting at 19 million. 556,000 uh, of, of cap space. Yes, and we do have to obviously sign Susie there uh, as we'll be bringing him back. But before we get to the signings and stuff, who is the next trade that you are eyeing uh, this offseason? I think that's it for trades. Um, okay. I think that uh, we own, right? Yeah, I think that's, I think I'm comfortable with those two trades. You could, again, you could, depending on what Nylander wants to do with the contract, you could see him get moved. Uh, if you wanted to, you could also move Marner. But again, in those deals, it's hard to win those deals. And it sounds like if we're trying to be predictive here, it sounds like those guys are going to stay. So for this exercise, let's let's keep them on on board for uh, for this. Because again, finding those deals are incredibly hard to do. And I think when you're giving up players at that caliber, it's really hard to get a, a good enough player back to feel like it's worth it. Okay, so now let's go to the free agency market. We're going to sign some guys here. There's one that I'm going to point out here. I'll, I'll take this over. There's one guy that I'm really, really interested in signing. Uh, he was a guy that I wanted last year at the trade deadline. When I saw the news come through in the morning to the team that he had been traded to, uh, it was devastating to a degree, and that is Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, this guy kind of emulates everything that you'd be looking for, and it's playoff-type player. He's the kind of guy that the Leafs don't really have uh, up front to be playing that style of hockey. You do see that when you had Anolachari sitting there in the previous seasons, or in this previous season in the playoffs in the style of hockey that he played but that being said this guy Tyler Bertuzzi brings a whole lot more offensively um, I think that he's a guy who can fit into your top six he can do what Michael Bunting did but he's just a better player and the other thing to this is I compared Bunting or I talked about Bunting and I said that when you see him and you see the style of play Bunting would just annoy you Tyler Bertuzzi will scare you. He is a scary player. He's a guy who can play big. He's a guy who can play mean, physical, park his ass in front of the net, um, and create space and time and be able to open things up for the players around him. So we're going to sign Tyler Bertuzzi in this free agency. Now, I'm going to throw it to you here. What are we looking at for contract-wise on Bertuzzi? What do you think fair value for him would be? So contract-wise, we saw a bunch of articles come out. I'm going to mostly reference the daily face-off one here. And the number that we were looking at is 5.5 by 5. But Tyler Bertuzzi is probably going to be the hottest commodity at wing, right? So let's give him a little bit of a pay boost to come to Toronto, to come to a team that is going to compete in the playoffs and beat out all the other offers. We're going to give him 6 by 5. I get that's a small amount, but over a couple of years, that's a $2.5 million total value increase. That's pretty good. So let's give him 6 by 5. Um, and let's lock him in there. All right. I like that one. Uh, now, quickly looking at just where the lineup is here, uh, we've obviously started to fill out some guys. So we'll throw Bertuzzi up uh, on the top line there. Um, and then now, where are we going? We're looking at John Tavares. We've talked about it's been discussed before. Hey, maybe is this guy going to have to move to the wing at some point in his career? Is this the summer that he moves to the wing? And if it is, who is it that you're bringing back? So I think we're going to let's let's put John Tavares on the wing right now, because I think that's the best case scenario. If he wants to stay in the top six, he's going to start to need put, need to play the left wing. If he were to play center on the third line, I wouldn't hate that. But again, I'm, and I'm sorry, when I bring up the third line, I don't, I'm not saying a minutes decrease. I just saying like yeah. how you structure the roster, right? Just because a guy plays on the third line doesn't mean he plays less minutes than everyone else. You can still find ways to get a minute. So let's keep him on the left wing, because I think he didn't look too bad when he was on the left wing with Nylander. And the centerman, Ryan O'Reilly, which takes us to our next free agent, 
Let's go and bring back Ryan O'Reilly. Let's get him, hopefully, fingers crossed, on a hometown discount because I like the way he played for us. He's a great leader, and I think he his his the way he played in the playoffs and the way he played down the stretch for us towards the end of the season, I think that was fantastic. And again, like I think that's this is the perfect guy that the Leafs need. Now, I'm a little worried about his age. He's 32 years old, so we're going to give him a $5.5 million deal, which I think is slightly less than what he could get on the on the market. And we're going to give him three years. The reason why we're giving him three years is because you're going to walk him right to that 35-year-old. So when 35-year-old, uh, when his contract comes up, uh, and when he signs that new deal, if he were to ever get bought out, he would get the full reimbursement of that contract. So it, it gives him a little bit of uh, extra leeway in signing that next deal. Uh, so that's yeah. that's the contract I'm going with there. All right. So then Ryan O'Reilly slots in as your 2C. Now we exactly. are looking for a 3C for this team. Who's the next guy you look to? So I'm going to look out west, and I'm going to look at Evan Rodriguez, a guy who is former Leaf, played zero games for us, but a former Leaf. <laughs> um, yes. We traded, we, we traded for him once. Uh, and, yeah, I, I like Evan. So Evan Rodriguez mostly this year played on the left wing, but I think Colorado brought him in envisioning him to play center. But we saw their injuries throughout the year. He needed to step up and play in that top six role. And I think Evan Rodriguez is that perfect third-line center we're looking for to inject speed in this lineup. This lineup looked really slow in the playoffs once we got fast Tampa. And I think that was our, our Achilles heel, which is ironic because Toronto is usually known as a fast team. But I think that was our Achilles heel against Florida. We didn't have enough speed. So in getting a guy like Evan Rodriguez, you get a guy who can play third-line center. And if if yeah. bleep hits the fan, if shit hits the fan, we can we have a guy who can potentially jump up and be um, provide good value in the top six. So I, I don't... Ivan Rodriguez is a tough contract to sign. I'm just gonna we're gonna look to mimic what he got in uh, Colorado, a, a two million dollar one or two year deal. I think that's a fair range for him. Okay, so we'll lock him in at two million dollars, two years there. Uh, we'll sign that. I think that's uh, probably fair as well. Move him into the three C position, and now we are still looking for. Uh, we're gonna have to go and sign Susie. So let's get that done right now. Uh, what would you slot Carson Soucy in at in terms of his pay? He goes from $2.75 million for three years on his previous contract. He is now 28 years old. What is he looking at coming up this year? He's going to be a hot commodity on the market, which is why we wanted to trade for him before the UFA window, before the UFA uh, July 1st uh, deadline. And we want to get the inside track on him. And what, what Trey Living is going to do is sell him on being a good team that is going to make the playoffs. So the Leafs will definitely make the playoffs this year. That is for sure. Uh, and we're going to sell Carson Soucy on if you play well in the playoffs and prove to everyone that you are a uh, a good defenseman, not just a, a five six. We're going to give you two mil for one year, and you're going to prove to the rest of the NHL that you're worth more than that. That's that's the idea behind this. He's in his past couple of years, he's only averaged around 16 minutes of ice time. He's been a five six. Uh, he hasn't really put up the point totals that people were wanted him to. His underlying metrics are pretty good offensively, but again, it hasn't translated to the, the point total. Uh, he's going to show his dominance in the playoffs, and he's going to do up, scratch our back. We're going to scratch his. We're going to sign him for one year at two mil. Okay, so locking Carson Soucy there goes into the uh, – we'll put him into the third pairing uh, with this Leafs team. We are still looking at a hole in our defense right there. First right D pair uh, – our first pairing, right D, alongside Morgan Riley – who is the guy that you want to slot in alongside the uh, the number one defenseman for the Leafs next season? I'm pretty passionate about how this guy played. Does that make sense? I don't think so. But I'm I, <laughs> I'm going with Luke Shen here. Um, the <laughs> he's he was fantastic for uh, alongside uh, alongside Morgan Riley. Wow, uh, in the playoffs, 
Uh, I really liked his style of play. He honestly, shockingly, seemed like to really settle down Morgan Riley. And on the puck, he didn't really have as much trouble as I thought he would breaking it out. Uh, I thought he was kind of an oof, like an oof, before he came into uh, before he came to Toronto. I was beyond impressed with his play. I think if we can yeah. get him at a two-year deal, 1.5 maybe, he might want a little bit more. But again, if he's getting these top pairing minutes, I think he wants to pursue a cup. And I think, I mean, he already has a cup, but I think he wants to get another cup. And I think yeah. playing on the first line with Morgan Riley, it seemed like it worked. It seemed like uh, he was a great locker room guy. I want to keep this guy for as, as long as possible as for however long we can. So let's get uh, Luke Shen one and a half by two. Okay. So throw Luke Shen in there. He fits into that one slot, uh, at least in the, in terms of pairing wise alongside, uh, uh, Morgan Riley. Um, now the Leafs have done things a little bit differently over the past few years in terms of how they built out their roster, uh, and whether it be loading up on forwards, loading up on defense, moving things around from that standpoint, where's the next area that you'd like to fill in? And we are look currently looking at a hole, uh, in our fourth line, uh, as it stands right now. Well, let, let me just scroll up. Let's see how much cash we have right now uh, on the salary cap. So we have around $2.5 million. So one thing I want to do right now is bring up Nick Robertson. Uh, I believe he's on IR. I'm going to say Nick Robertson starts the year with the team, and he's going to be our 13th forward, okay? So that takes off, that gets us to around 175, right? So we have some yeah. cap room right now. We have some cap room, but we have a, full, a filled-out roster, right? We have, uh, how many? We have 12 forwards. Uh, we have 12 forwards. We have... Uh, seven defensemen. Uh, we could probably bring up Bobby McMahon for a 13th forward. Let's do that right now. Um, so that will get us to around 175. Uh, and that'll allow us to get one more player to help round out this roster. And the player I'd be looking at is a defenseman. Right now, Connor Timmins is probably the biggest question mark on the Leafs with how he will play, right? He's signed 1.1 for the next two years. He could be a tremendous value for us, or he could be not worth it at all. So what we're going to do is we're going to go out and sign a guy who we know can help contribute to us in the playoffs for sure. And that guy is Scott Mayfield. So our goal coming into this was to get our defensemen bigger. We didn't just want them to get them bigger, though. We want them to be functional. We want them to be good players. Yeah. In a third-line role, uh, I, I I can see uh, Scott Mayfield pro providing good value. So we're going to sign him two years, and I think we had him locked in at one. Let's give him 1.75. Um, might be a little bit more than he gets. He got, I think, around 135 last year, I want to say. Uh, so, yeah, let's sign him to that deal. I think he's 30, 31 years old, something along the lines. So, again, 30, yeah. big big defenseman, right shot defenseman. It's going to be a hot commodity. But, again, we're selling these guys on winning the cup. And if you look at this defense core now, we have some pretty – like, we added two really big defensemen that is going to make us a little more annoying to play against, Right. We have Carson Susie and we have Scott Mayfield. We have Luke Shen. Those guys are all big defensemen who I think are not only big, but functional and can play at the NHL level. Don't have the, they, they lack a little bit of foot speed, but we saw against for Florida, they were able to make it to the cup final with defensemen who lacked foot speed. They can clear the front of the net. They're physical to play against. They're good enough at retrieving pucks in the corner to get the puck out. So I like all these guys. Um, and yeah, this, this, this is what I foresee the Leafs starting 2023 uh, with I, I, this is the roster I foresee. So one thing I would do though, as the season moves on, is the big question with Connor Timmins. If he looks like he's not going to be a contributor to your roster, you simply just get rid of him at whatever cost. You get a prospect back, you get a third, but a pick back, whatever you want to do. It's so tough to come up with a, a trade for him right now. But if you do that, you now have 1.1 million dollars in cap space, and you can now you now have room to make a deadline yeah. deal. So um, 
that's what I would roll with. I'd roll with 13 forwards. I'd roll with eight defensemen. And if Connor Timmins doesn't work out to be the player you want him to be, you just ship him out and you have a little bit of room to make a deadline deal for a, a, a good value contract. All right, there you have it. Uh, there's the Toronto Maple Leafs. New roster for the 2023-2024 season. You're currently looking at $43,000 of cap space going into the season, but you have a roster size of 23. You're going to maximize this cap. Uh, obviously, we're still assuming here that Jake Muzzin will remain on LTIR, potentially even uh, just retire at this point in time. But there is your new roster for the 2023 season. And the biggest thing that we did, and we obviously kind of filling into Brad Tree Living and what we've seen him do with other teams, as you had mentioned, there is building out defense and building a big defense course one guy i forgot actually let's let's do a quick little tweak here let's bring bobby mcmahon back down sorry i know we were about to get out here but let's bring bobby mcmahon back down let's get a, a good veteran winger i forgot about this guy so let's get a good veteran winger okay. and again nicholas robertson's kind of in the same boat as uh as connor timmons where if timmons. he doesn't work out send him out and we have bobby mcmahon who can come up and fill that role pretty handedly um so let's look to get a guy who has honestly been a crux of ours for the last couple of years. He's destroyed us in the playoffs, and that is Corey Perry. One of the biggest problems for this team over the last couple of years is we haven't been able to get that depth scoring we need. And if you look at Corey, Corey Perry's playoff points, he's able to get to provide value as a fourth line forward. He's also an absolute pain in the ass to play against. So <laughs> yep. I think we have 775 left on the cap. So let's give him 775 and assume he signs here on a league minimum deal because Again, Tampa it doesn't seem like Tampa's gonna be able to resign him. It lo he looks looks like he wants to walk and go somewhere else. I mean, he's also thirty eight. He's also thirty eight. So uh, why not why not have it take a stab at a guy like Corey Perry, who is a former uh, Rocket Richard winner? I mean, even though his age is, is old, if he's not good enough, again, we have guys in our system who can come up and play uh, that that fourth line right wing role. But I mean, we're yep. talking about a, a pesky lineup. Like adding Tyler Bertuzzi and adding Corey Perry to this forward core gives us a little bit more bite than we had last year. Agreed. Well, there you go. There's the official roster for the 2023-24 season. You lose about $15,000 of cap space there, but uh, I do like that a little addition there of Corey Perry slotting him in there. Uh, I think the team gets faster. They get bigger. Uh, I think those are some important things. Your goaltending situation, there's not too much you can do there going on, but I do like bringing Samsonov back. Uh, you do need good goaltenders in the NHL. I think having elite goaltenders pushes you over the edge, but yeah. you're going to have to give up a big piece to get that elite goaltender. It's not like they grow on trees right now. And as Vegas proved to us, if the team in front of them is good enough, if the defense is good enough, if the way the team plays defense is good enough, then a goaltender who is a good goaltender, potentially a great goaltender, can push you over the hump and help you win a Stanley Cup. So there you go. There you have it. There is the official roster for the Toronto Maple Leafs going into the 2023-2024 season. Jason, thank you for taking the time to do this today. I appreciate it. For everyone in the comments, for everyone who watched this, go to the comments section. Let us know your thoughts on the signings, the trades, all the different moves that we've made. If there are things that you would do differently, trades that you would make, trades that you wouldn't make, let us know in the comments below. Make sure you are subscribed here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel as we're going to have plenty more videos like this coming out throughout the the course of this offseason leading up to the draft leading up to free agency and then much more after free agency as well looking at next season's predictions futures bets all that kind of stuff find it here on the edgework hq youtube channel thanks so much for watching make sure to hit that like button enjoy your summers we'll see you guys soon